Welcome to the Running After 40 podcast, the podcast about all things related to running at 40 and beyond, produced by www.runningwithgrit.com. We help you stay physically healthy and emotionally strong at any running pace. I'm Sarah, your host, and a wife, a full-time working mom with three kids, three dogs, and a lifetime passion for running. Whether you are a veteran runner looking to maximize your times as a master runner or a brand new jogger starting in your 40s, 50s, or any age, this podcast will be there for your journey. I want to share stories, secrets, and strategies for success. This includes mistakes and lessons learned, all related to running past age 40. Let's hit the play button together and hit the roads as runners with grit after age 40. Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 21 of the Running After Age 40 podcast. I'm Sarah, your host, and the podcast is moving into season two in 2022. But I want to take a few minutes before we move on to that season to just go over the 20 things that I've learned from the first 20 episodes of the Running After Age 40 podcast. Before we do that, I'm going to take a few minutes to just give some shout outs and thank yous. I want to first just thank all of our guests. So, you know, when you when you agreed to be on the podcast, which some of you, you know, I reached out before I when I just had an idea and I didn't even have an episode for you to listen to and you were willing to take the leap. So I just want to thank you personally for doing that. Uh, You know, it takes time to read through the questions and, you know, really reflect and do some self uh, reflection and figure out what you want to share. And, you know, it's, it's important to get that message out there, but it's also time consuming. So I really appreciate it. And I know our listeners do too. And then I want to thank our listeners as well. Uh, they, you know, a lot of people have given me such good feedback on LinkedIn and on Instagram of ideas for the show of just, you know, feedback about how much they're enjoying, you know, listening to an audience that's similar to them. Uh, so that's really been good to motivate for me. And then finally, I just want to thank my daughter for giving me the the kind of push to do this because getting out of your comfort zone is the only way that you grow. And, you know, doing things that challenge us, you know, is remarkable. And I feel like it's had a profound impact on me the last few months to do this project, uh, to just kind of do something that I didn't necessarily think I wanted to do, but it's been a lot of fun. And I've gotten a lot of inspiration from the different guests that have been on. So uh, thank you all. And I would truly appreciate it if you share the show, uh, if you give us a quick review on iTunes or just a rating. And uh, and if you want to be a guest on the podcast, I've got a Google form that's super simple to fill out. Just send me a quick message and we'll get that form over to you and we'll get a time slot set up. Uh, because I think anyone that's you know actively exercising after age 40 and is trying to balance all the things has a story to tell. And that's what this show is all about. Uh, With that, I want to get on to the 20 things that I've learned from just the recording of the first 20 episodes of the show. The first one is truly almost everybody that I've spoken with, the motivation and the reason to run changes. And I think that slowly evolves. I feel like the is somewhere in the 30s, early 40s, you know, we go from being these highly competitive people, uh, thinking about trying to be skinny, thinking about how we look or, uh, you know, running for 
a time to really being more health-based and doing it because of the way that it makes us feel. And it was almost universal with everyone I interviewed that that starts to shine through. And I think it's a wonderful thing. I don't think there's anything wrong with that competitiveness. And I, I still am competitive. I think everyone that I interviewed with is too. But we become, we, we learn to transfer that in a different way. And it's a really beautiful thing, especially when we can still run, uh, but, you know, for a different reason. And again, I know that people mention, you know, they want to be able to run around with their little, with their grandkids. You know, they want to stay healthy. They want to uh, live a long time. So the reasons to run just truly change. So that was number one. The second one has actually been the most profound thing to me. And that's been that community uh, when it comes to running and just fitness, I think in general, uh, including an online community matters. And it matters even more than I would have thought when I started recording. You know, I I can't remember who says this, uh, that, you know, we're the, we're the product of the five people that we spend the most time with, right? Well, I think that, you know, when we were younger, and some of us still are able to run with, you know, a group or partners or uh, friends, but, you know, it becomes less convenient when you're older, and you've got all these different commun- commitments. Uh, so, a community is harder to find as we get older, you know, maybe while we're kind of in that donut before we have the spare time. But the online community, I'm just amazed by how much just interviewing the guests on the podcast and then also just being a part of the running community on Instagram has inspired me. And I just ask you, like, what is in your feed if you're on social media, whether it's on Instagram, Facebook, Strava, or whatever, you know, social platform you're on, you know, and is it lifting you up? And if not, you know, I tell my kids this, but it's such a good reminder, like just unfollow, unfollow, you know, follow the people that lift you up, listen to the podcasts that don't make you feel like, oh, you know, I'm a terrible runner, or like, I'm never going to be able to run those kind of paces, like listen to the stuff, you know, watch the stuff that that lifts you up. Uh, so I, I just, I think that I'm amazed by the motivation and the inspiration that I've gotten uh, each time I do an interview with, you know, one of the people on the Running After Age 40 podcast. So again, I already thank them, but I'll thank them again because it's made a personal impact on me. Uh, you know, those days where I don't want to get out of bed, I think about some of the guests that I've had on and how they inspire themselves. And, and it gets me up, you know, even when it's not necessarily a true accountability partner. It's knowing that other people are in, you know, that same boat. Uh, So never underestimate the effects that you can have on another person. And, you know, whether it's a beginner or an elite runner with the stuff that you put out there, too, on social media or in your podcast interview, you know, it means a lot. Okay, uh, number three. I'm going to say all, but it's probably almost, uh, you know, almost all runners struggle, you know, sometime after the age of 35, probably around 40 initially with dropping times. I know we've had some guests that have actually been able to speed up, uh, which is amazing. And I just commend you so much, you know, but almost all of us struggle with that initial just slowdown. And a lot of people just quit cold turkey. So the people that I've had on here that are still going after it and setting new goals and different ones, uh, kudos to you. Uh, I think it took me and a lot of our guests some time to come to terms with that. But just again, it it goes back to number one, which is your reason to run changes. But, you know, almost all of us struggle with the same thing. And I think just having that realization that we all have that in common is really helpful because sometimes it can get pretty lonely when you're uh, going from that competitive 
you know, fire in you to just feeling like, oh, I could just like bang. I could, I could try and try and try. And just, those times aren't going to go down. Just knowing that other people are going through that means a lot. Uh, number four. So I'm going to say that priority is how people stay in shape. So, you know, it's not that the people that we had on this podcast or successful people that are in shape have this magical jump out of bed every morning, like, yay, I get to get up and work out today. It's not like that at all. And I think everybody that I talk to has that same feeling, you know, that you just get in this habit that you don't, you're not the person that, you know, you're not, you are the person that gets out of bed in the morning. And uh, if you haven't read Atomic Habits, I highly recommend the book. Uh, I just re-listened to it again. And, you know, it's all about casting the votes for the kind of person that you want to become. And so universally, the people that I interviewed that are continuing to run after the age 40 or after age 40 or not even just run, but just stay fit, uh, they they just prioritize it. It's just part of their day-to-day schedule and they don't, uh, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. It's just what they do. And it's a part of who they are. So when you cast the vote about the person that you're going to become, you're casting the vote that you're just a healthy and a fit person. Uh, and they just have made it a prior- prioritization. Okay. Uh, number five is one of my favorites. This is really means a lot to me with having two daughters. The over 40 runners that have been on my show and that I've talked to generally, generally eat to run versus run to eat. So I think, you know, when we were in our 20s, gosh, I might have shared this story before, but uh, my best friend and I, you know, we used to say, like, if we run a really, really hard workout, like, we'll have blizzards from DQ for dinner. You know, so we had that mentality that we were running to eat instead of eating to run. And the more people that I've talked to on this show and just in the running community as well, you know, it's such a good reminder that we're eating, we're fueling our bodies just like you were fueling a car. uh, And, you know, you can't put crap in the gas tank and it's and expect to to go. Um, So just that mentality that sets in, I think, as we get older, that we're a little wiser. Uh, And again, we're less worried about skinniness or, you know, (laughs) fitting in a pair of jeans. And we're more about like trying to have our bodies go the, the distance and, you know, serve us well instead of us, you know, just the way that we look. So that was number five, you know, just the eating to run versus running to eat. Number six, I have a big star by this. Uh, Strength training, including heavy weights, is the way to go after age 40. And probably even earlier than that, uh, depending on how you look at the data, it's not quite as important, you know, probably in the 20s, but definitely after 30 and more so every decade after that. Uh, And I think strength training... um, you know, finding someone that's knowledgeable to teach you how to do it properly uh, and to do the right exercises that are appropriate for running or just for building uh, muscle mass, you know, it means a lot. It'll keep you healthier. It's important for bone density. Uh, There's just so many benefits to it. So I think if you're not already doing it, my word of the year for 2022 is strength. And it's not just uh, physical strength, but it's also mental strength as well. But that physical strength is something that I want to focus on and uh, I think the takeaway for me from the podcast episodes was to use heavier weights. So I was doing a lot of more body weight things, and I want to actually um, be stronger and use uh, more, uh, what do I want to say? Yeah, I guess heavy weights. So that was number six. 
Uh, number seven is that runners hate to stretch. So I don't think I really found anyone on here. I know that when I t- talked to Angie, she liked hot yoga. Uh, but other than that, I don't think that's considered just stretching. But like, I, I have yet to find a runner that loves to stretch. So I think my lesson from that is that sometimes we have to do what we hate. And that, <laughs> that, realization, I think, you know, when we're older, you know, we tell our kids, like, you got to do this because it's good for you or this because it's good for you. But a lot of times as runners, like we like to run. And so we just kind of keep that and we get in this routine and we don't want to do the other stuff. So I think just listening to the guests, it's a reminder to me that like, yeah, I might not like to do it, but I need to do it. So it's just, you know, it needs to become a non-negotiable. And I don't think that stretching needs to be this big, you know, long out drawn out thing. Um, But just finding a few things that work for your particular problem areas. Uh, I'm actually using a program now. It's called Magic Mobility. I think it's like $5 a month. So it wasn't very much at all. And it was from Macmillan Running. And I signed up in early December. So I've been doing it about a month, maybe even six weeks. I can't remember exactly. But it's every day. uh, I'm trying to do it once a day, but it's less than five minutes. And it's remarkable. Like it's all stretches that are really geared to runners. um, But a lot of it's more like upper body and posture and back and stuff that you wouldn't necessarily think. There's a lot of hip stuff too. Um, But I really like it so far. So I would recommend that. Again, it was very cheap. uh, And you can always discontinue it. I think I did pay for like the year because once I tried the one, I was like, oh, this is good for me. And I can do anything for five minutes. We all can. But anyway, uh, that was the takeaway was that runners hate to stretch, but sometimes we have to do what we hate. Uh, Number eight, uh, the most successful runners generally keep things really simple. And when I'm talking about things, I'm talking about training plans. I'm talking about gear, where they run, uh, what races they run. Like it's not uh, rocket science. You know, I think it's really fun to like read all the running books and I used to like cut all the things out of the magazines and all the fun gear and different watches. But, you know, the people that I've had on the show generally keep things really simple. Like their training plans are often something that they've used for marathon after marathon after marathon because they found that it works for them. So I think if you found something that works for you, like don't go chase that shiny, uh, have that shiny object syndrome because if if it works, you know, just let it go. Uh, same with gear. Like you really don't need the fanciest shoes. Uh, although I saw these Christmas, like super fun red Christmas shoes that next year I'm going to get. Um, but you know, you need a good pair of socks. You need good shoes. You need good gloves if it's winter time and some good sunglasses, you know, and then you're good to go. Uh, so that was kind of like a lesson that I've learned. It's just that very successful runners keep things simple. Number nine, uh, this is something I was terrible about when I was younger. And I actually, I'll just admit, I'm still terrible about this one. Uh, But the people that I've had on the podcast that are, you know, keep running and they're doing it successfully and running good times and just happy with their running, they seek injury help before it's too late. And when I say injury help, I mean things like prehab, uh, running gait analysis or assessment, um, just overall balance and mobility assessment. Uh, I think if you have someone that you've heard of that's in your area that does any of the above, I would definitely have them do an assessment of you and your overall strength and mobility. I think that is really important. Uh, and just, again, don't wait until the injury is keeping you from running to seek that help. And 
it's sometimes I think what's been hard for me is finding a good physical therapist or a a mobility person. But if you can do that, you know, then you're it's going to be golden. It's going to really be helpful to you in the long run. Uh, The other thing I think, you know, even though I do know a good physical therapist, I think you know, it's a lot of time and investment to do that part of the, I guess, what do you want to say, the whole program, right? So I'm willing to put the work in for running or for, you know, doing some core training. But to think about taking myself to the physical therapist, you know, it's, you know, I'm good with taking my kids, but it's like another thing to add to my to-do list. So I would just recommend take that time for yourself because down the line, it's going to probably save you time and money in the long run. Uh, Number 10, I love this one, and it's one of the, I guess, most important lessons I've learned of the 20, and that's just that finding joy in running sometimes takes time and is also a roller coaster. So what I mean by that is that most of the people that I've talked to on the podcast have had so many ups and downs, and a lot of them actually were really successful runners in high school but didn't love it, maybe not even in college. It took them a long time to find the joy in this sport, uh, and that's okay. So if you are still looking for that, like just keep running and it it's sometimes just takes time and it can be a roller coaster. And if you find gratitude, you know, in the little parts of the, you know, whether or not it's just something in your route or something that you see or just something that, you know, maybe another runner um, that you meet, you know, finding gratitude changes everything. And uh, again, joy in running just sometimes it, it takes time to find, but Uh, If you stick with the sport, I think it'll come to you. Uh, Number 11 is definitely for the running after age 40, you know, population. And and what I found is that runners remember times. I certainly remember my half marathon PR. It's one of my proudest running moments. But even more than that actual time, I remember just like the guests on the podcast, I remember like the build up to that race. I remember what the weather was like. I remember what I did afterwards. Like, it's funny how like you can, if you think about your, like one of your proudest running moments and you think about the ones that have been shared on this show it's it's usually you'll think about the time but you also just think about how hard you work to get there and it's like that process over outcome mindset and it really does mean a lot uh so i think that's another lesson from the show is just like we think you were so fixated on the time but when we look back you know it's easy for us to say now that we're in our 40s but like when you look back it's just like wow i did that and i spent like a summer working towards it and whatnot it's pretty darn cool. On uh, number 12, uh, this is another one of my favorites. Uh, runners have a common bond and they love to talk about even the mundane parts of running. So I feel like some of the content on the podcast can be quite, I guess, boring. It can seem like it's boring. Uh, it's not to me. And like the feedback that I've gotten has been that it's not. People just like to hear about runners, like to hear from other runners. They like to hear about their daily life. They like to hear about their daily struggles, how they how they get their shoes on in the morning, you know, what gets them up? What's their why? You know, uh, so it's just that common bond. And I think most of us can relate to that. Like um, a couple of the people on the show that were, they're, they're very close friends of mine, but I hadn't spoken to you for a while. And it's just funny how you pick right back up. And I think running is a big part of that. Uh, number 13 is that runners love their gadgets, but 
the over 40 group uh, remembers <laughs> the good old Timex watch and the pedometer. So I was telling my daughter about the Christmas when I got like my first pedometer and how we had snow on the ground, but like I hooked it right up. I think I was a junior in high school and I went down and I was like, I'm going to run a mile because I knew it was a mile because we used to have to drive it, right? To see. Um, but yeah, I mean, a pedometer, that Timex Ironman watch. I know one of the guests mentioned, you know, having that and she kind of chuckled and I was like, yeah, I loved my Timex Ironman watch. Like it was the bomb. So anyway, I think, you know, we love uh, the more advanced things too, but sometimes the simple things are the best things. Number 14, uh, this one is that runners have to remember to have balance. So not everyone's going to understand why we run and that's totally fine. Not everyone has to understand it or agree with it. Um, but we do have to remember to have balance and not kind of get over the edge of, uh, you know, letting it take over, you know, too much family time or just too much of our of our life. So trying to keep that in balance, I think, is important at at whatever age. And it's it's always been a challenge for me. And I think it's been a challenge for some of our guests as well. Uh, number 15 is another just stop and take a second and think about what's happened in your lifetime regarding this because coaches have a monumental effect on us. And whether or not it's your high school track coach, your high or your college coach, uh, or a coach that's, you know, been a part of your running career later in life. Uh, if you find the right coach, like it changes literally everything. So uh, several of my podcast guests and I had the same uh, college coach, and I think we can all relate to certain things that he taught us and just lifetime lessons that like, I think I can still remember him sitting there eating a Snickers bar, like telling me, you know, that if it was easy, everybody would be out here and just like that quitting wasn't an option. And so just thank you to the people that are coaches uh, because the things that you do, you don't always realize because sometimes you, I'm sure you're frustrated with your clients or your kids because they're not doing the things that you're asking them to do, but realize that they are listening to you and they're, you know, they're, they're giving it their all and that someday <laughs> they're going to th really thank you. So coaches just, uh, you have a huge effect. Uh, number 16 is that lessons from running truly apply to life. And we've known that, right? I mean, I think we all use, you know, like if we're a runner, we use that in, in job interviews or whatever. If we run this, you know, like runners have good time management skills. They usually are perseverant. You know, they've got good hardworking personalities. But, but, you know, I think once you get to the over 40 group, you've had your struggles too, right? I know several of the guests dealt with infertility, uh, have, you know, had miscarriages, have had like massive losses, you know, in their family. And I think the lessons from running, like, help us get through that. Um, they don't help us forget it. They don't help us, you know, necessarily handle it perfectly, but they do help us just keep going. And it's that, just that will to set goals and, and just keep putting one foot in front of the other. Uh, number 17 is that runners love to be competitive, um, but we also have to compare competitiveness at a healthy level. And I had a couple people mention this during interviews about using like Strava uh, and just how, 
I guess that bring this brings back up social media again and just looking at your feed. And if your feed doesn't feed you and doesn't inspire you and lift you up, then you need to change what's on your feed. And Strava is another example. Like if you don't feel motivated and it just like depresses you, then, you know, just delete it. Don't use it. Uh, you know, but if it fires you up and keeps you going, then that's a different thing, you know. So just keep that competitiveness at a healthy level. Uh, number 18 uh, is really cool. Uh, and that's just that most runners want to keep running as long as they can. You know, several people mentioned about how they want to run, you know, in their 80s or just as long as they physically can. You know, we're not looking at a short term season or a one race, you know, ahead of us. You know, we want to keep doing this for life. And so that's what this podcast is about. Uh, and I hope that's the message that has gotten through in the for- first 20 episodes. Uh, Number 19. Uh, This one is cool, too. Uh, This is running with kids, whether it's your son or daughter, a nephew or niece, a neighbor kid, uh, coaching, you know, like a high school cross country team, Uh, running with kids. If you're running with them, pushing a stroller or running alongside them in your first 5K or, you know, like in a 5K with them or their mile, it changes everything. So seeing kids take part in running, um, whether you're helping coach them or just parenting or like I said, an aunt or uncle, uh, it's just so cool to watch. And uh, a lot of the people on the podcast have shared that, too. So pushing uh, two kids in a stroller uphill and downhill. I remember doing it back when I did it. We had, uh, we actually had the i. what is that called? Not the iPod. Was it iPod? iPod Shuffle, I think. And so they could listen to some music and we would chat and like they'd throw their Cheerios and like those are the good old days, right? I remember when both my kids uh, ran their first mile races. Uh, one of them actually ran a 5K. They, they don't like running now, but it, you know, at least they got to grow up that way and see I can go to road races and and see people giving it their all. So I think that's uh, one of the lessons from the show. And then number 20, uh, just to summarize that, you know, running is the best sport of them all. I might be a little bit biased, but I personally think that runners are truly special creatures uh, who love the grind, love challenge, and love pushing their limits. So I'll just summarize, you know, thank you again for listening to the first 20 episodes. We're going to be here for with season two with new guests, new topics, uh, and we just look forward to pushing uh, forward one step at a time uh, running after age. 40. So thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Running After Age 40 podcast. If you like the show, please be sure to rate and give us a like in iTunes. Also check out our website, www.runningwithgrit.com for all things related to running over the age of 40. We have a special gift guide up for the holidays on the site designed to share stocking stuffer ideas and gifts for runners at pretty much every price. Thanks for listening.